We are on Ksubis Ayn Amabez 70b as we continue our discussion from the beginning of the 7th parak, the 7th chapter, about uh, situations where the Baal, the husband, does not allow his wife to do certain things. He takes a neder, he takes an oath uh, to prevent his wife from doing, doing certain things. When would they have to get divorced? Because it's not allowed, they cannot have such a marriage. Uh, what would we do in the interim before the divorce? So that was discussed in the Mishnah. So the first case of the Mishnah was a case where the husband says that his wife cannot get any benefit from any food that he has. Any food that he has, uh, she cannot get any benefit from it. And the Mishnah pointed out that for the first 30 days, we have a parnes, we have a middleman who will provide food for his wife because his wife needs to eat. How, how is she going to survive? So she needs to eat. So we provide a parnes, a middleman who will provide the food. So our Gemara now will discuss well, how exactly is this working? Meaning as follows. If this middleman is he's not doing it on his own, he's not uh, providing this on his own, um, he wouldn't just give uh, uh, free gifts of food uh, to, this, uh, to this person. Um, and if the husband is instructing him to do so and then paying him as a result of it, so then that's really getting it from the husband directly. And that's benefiting from the husband. Uh, so what exactly, how exactly is this working? So asks the Gemara, Isn't the Parnes, the middleman, the one who's providing the food, isn't he acting as some sort of messenger for the husband? So how does this solve, how does this uh, get out of it? Again, we only do this for the first 30 days. It's uh, sort of a temporary solution. Uh, hopefully uh, he will back out of the, uh, out of the uh, oath uh, before the end of the 30 days. Uh, but for the first 30 days, we have this middleman. How does it work? So, the Gemara answers, Amar Rav Huna. Rav Huna says, Ba'omer kol hazan eno mafsid. Rav Huna says the case is, where he says, he, the, the husband doesn't uh, appoint him, he doesn't actually go over to him and appoint him. He says, anybody who provides food for my wife will not lose out. He doesn't say that he's going uh, to, he doesn't say that he's going to reimburse them. He doesn't even direct any particular individual. He just says in the general term, he says it, he just says it out loud that anybody who uh, will provide for my wife does not lose out. So the Gemara says, well, is that not, maybe that's also a form of appointing him as a messenger. Who says that that would be sufficient, that that would be enough of a distance between the husband and this middleman. Maybe uh, that's also a form of, of, of uh, informing him and uh, directing uh, his orders towards him, even though it's a, in a general statement, whoever provides, and even though it doesn't say explicitly that he will reimburse him, but it's definitely clear. He says, whoever provides food for my wife will not lose out. The implication is, is that he'll be reimbursed, if not more. So, is, is that not also acting as a messenger? We have a proof that it is. And we have the following Mishnah. We have a case in Gittin, in the tractate that deals with divorce, that lets you have somebody who is in a well. He's in a well, and he's, uh, you know, he's in a well, and he wants to announce, to say, he wants to give a divorce, doc, a divorce to his wife. No one knows what's going to happen to him. And he says, whoever hears my voice, go and write a get to my wife. So the law is, is that we write it. We write it, even though, in order to write a get, to write a divorce document, we require the tzivu habal. We require the uh, order, the command from the husband. 
this would suffice. Just to say, whoever hears my voice, you're right again. If she write a divorce document, this would suffice. Even though he doesn't appoint anybody individually, even if he just says it as in general terms, it works. So if that works, if that works as, a, as an appointment, so then this too, uh, when he says, anybody who provides food for my wife, it would also be viewed as, as appointing him as, as a messenger. Then where he says, no, the Gemara wants to suggest, no, there's a difference. What's the difference? In the case of the divorce document, he says, whoever hears my voice, go and write. So he's giving a directive. He's giving an order. But in our case, it doesn't say whoever um, uh, whoever hears my voice. or it's not, no, There isn't a directive of go and feed my wife. It doesn't say that. It just says, Kol azan, whoever does this. It does, it's not a command, but it just says, whoever does this will not lose out. So it is slightly different than the case of the get. Gemara still says, "Ah, oh, says, "Wait a minute! I can bring you another question, because when it comes to the laws of Shabbos, on Shabbos a person is not allowed to extinguish a fire. They can't extinguish a fire, uh, even if it will cause, if it's life-threatening. So then you could, but if it's not life-threatening, and it will." Um, not kill anybody, but it will destroy the entire house and all the possessions that are in the house. So then, because we're afraid that the person, even though he's not allowed to do it, but uh, he's going to be so concerned and so worried about his possessions that might he might come to do it. So to sort of prevent that, the rabbi is allowed that he inform, and he says, if he, he could say, he could tell the public, he could tell non-Jews that whoever extinguishes this will not lose out. The same exact language. Whoever extinguishes this, it's not a directive. It's not saying, go ahead and extinguish the fire. No, whoever does so will not lose out. And that works on Shabbos. But the line of Rabbi Ami implies that this is something which is unique to this particular situation. To this particular situation, whoever extinguishes will not lose out. That works in this situation. But not in other situations. What is it coming to exclude? Which situations is it coming to exclude? So seemingly suggests the Gemara is coming to exclude our case. Our case where uh, the, the husband uh, took an oath that his wife cannot get any benefit from his food. So now he wants to appoint uh, a middleman. It wouldn't work, asks the Gemara. It sounds like it wouldn't work. Even if you use the language of whoever provides food, whoever provides nourishment for my wife will not lose out. The Gemara it says, no, no proof. When we said that it's something which is limited, it means limited within the realm of the laws of Shabbos. That the only exception, in general, when it comes to the laws of Shabbos, one cannot tell a non-Jew. Uh, as, and say, whoever does the following act which is not allowed on Shabbos will not lose out. That a person's not allowed to do unless we're dealing with a situation like a fire. Happens to be that it's a big discussion. What about if it's not a fire? What if it's uh, amongst the later commentators? What if it's uh, another way for, for his house to be destroyed, let's say through water, but let's say it's not a fire. So then would we allow it or not? That's a big discussion amongst the commentators. But certainly, if it's not this particular issue of his possessions being completely destroyed... When it comes to the laws of Shabbos, we do not allow one to tell a non-Jew, oh, whoever drives my car will not lose out, or whoever turns on the light will not lose out. That would not work on Shabbos. That wouldn't work on Shabbos, but it would work in our case. Perhaps it would work in our case. So Masiv Rabbah has now the following question. Another question on our suggestion. Hamoder hana mechavero. Okay, 
Rabbi has the following case. This case is now very much parallel because it's about a person taking an oath, not to his, but to his wife, but he takes an oath and he says, my friend, my neighbor cannot get any benefit from me. Cannot get any benefit from me. But then he sees they're traveling on the, on the, on the road um, and, uh, or they're not, not necessarily traveling, but he doesn't have anything to eat. And so he goes to the, to the owner of the store, of the supermarket, the, the supermarket that he's used to, that knows him, that knows him. And he says the following. He says the following. He just says, uh, this person cannot uh, get any food from me. I don't know what to do for him. He has no food. That's all he says. He hints. He gives this as a hint. Uh, we find this when it comes to the laws of Shabbos as well, potentially in terms of the actual speaking. There's, uh, when it comes to asking a non-Jew to do something on Shabbos, uh, there are two prohibitions. One is to tell the non-Jew to do something that is a violation of Shabbos. The other one is to get benefit from it. So ignoring the benefit part of it, to tell a non-Jew to do something, so hinting would potentially work. If I say it's light in the room, in the house, I'm not telling him to turn off the light, uh, but it's hinting. I'm just explaining the situation. It's light in the house. And so then he figures out on his own to turn it off. Now, whether one could get benefit from it is a separate story. One could say it, but uh, whether one could get benefit from that act is a whole separate story, which is not for now. But so too over here, my friend cannot get any benefit from me. So I tell the store owner, what do I say? I use the language that says, I'm explaining to him the situation. I don't know what to do with him. He can't get a benefit from me. So the store owner figures it out on his own and he gives him food. And then I, the one who made the promise, will then pay and reimburse the store owner. So the Gemara says, this works to hint by uh, just explaining the situation without any, even without any even broad generalization of a, of a, of a command, without even saying, uh, one's not allowed to say seemingly kol hazan, whoever provides food, but but the only thing seemingly that's allowed is is to explain the situation at hand. One could explain the situation at hand. My friend cannot get any food from me, and he's starving. That's it. But you cannot tell the store owner that if uh, if you happen to give food over, so then you won't lose out. No, it doesn't say that. It doesn't say that as an option. Sigmar says no. Degmar says, no, we misunderstood. For sure, to say whoever provides food for uh, this person or for my wife doesn't lose out, that's even better. That's even better because you're not speaking to any particular individual. You're saying it as a generalization. That for sure works. One might have thought that in our particular case, the store owner knows the person who took the promise. And it's as if he's telling him directly, go and pay him. Because he knows they're friends. He knows the store owner. So when he says, when he just uh, hints to it by giving the, the situation, the background, and says, I, I took an oath. My friend can't get any benefit from me. But he's starving. So it's as if he's telling his friend, the store owner, to go and give him, to go and give him food. It's as if he's explaining it to him directly. That's what one might have thought. Kamash Milan, the Kamara concludes that no, in both cases it works. In both cases it is fine to just uh, either generalize and say whoever provides food for my wife will not lose out. That would work. And also to just give the, uh, the store owner just uh, the explanation of the background without saying anything, without saying that he should provide, that would work as well. Okay, the Gemara continues that once we're on this topic, and we mentioned this uh, story, uh, this case of the store owner. So the Gemara continues uh, to analyze it. So Gufa, 
Basically, what we just said before, a person takes an oath that his friend cannot get any benefit from him. And the friend is starving, so he's allowed to go to the store owner, who he knows, and uh, just explain the situation. Say that, uh, that my friend is starving, he can't get any benefit from me, and the store owner will give it to him, and then he'll pay him back. Okay. Similarly, in another case, let's say he doesn't have a house or he doesn't have a fence and uh, he has nothing to do, the friend has nothing to do, he, the, the I, the one who took the oath and said that he can't get any, any benefit from me, I can't help him out. I can't help him build the house. I can't help him build a fence. So what do I do? I could go to workers who I know and I could save the situation. I could say, I took an oath, my friend can't get any benefit from me, and he needs a place to live. He needs a place to live, so they could go on their own. They could just figure it out what I'm trying to ask, even though I don't say anything about asking, but they could figure it out. They do the work, and then I'll pay them. That works. That itself works. Continues the Brysa. Basically, let's say we, there's no store owner, but we're on the road. We're on the road. We're traveling together. He has nothing to eat. There's no one else besides for me. I have food. He's not allowed to eat my food. What do we do? What do we do? So let's say there's one other person there, but he's not a store owner. So I should give it to him, that third party, as a matana, as a gift. And then he'll give it to my friend. And then he'll eat it. So basically, I'll just give it uh, to my friend. I won't say anything. I won't say to give it to anybody, but him on his own, he'll realize that this other person is starving and he'll give it to him also as a gift. Let's say nobody's there. That if there's nobody there, so then what should you do? As a last resort, you could put the food on a rock uh, or on something and one could make it hefker, one could make it ownerless, one could declare that this is ownerless. Um, and then the, the person could go ahead and and take from it, which is interesting uh, because Hefker uh, is making it ownerless. Uh, there's a lot, big discussion about the laws of Hefker, of declaring something is ownerless. Potentially, it might have to be done in front of three people. It doesn't really sound like it's being done in front of three people here. It doesn't sound like that we have three people uh, in front of us. Uh, but he's allowed to declare it as Hefker is ownerless. And it's not viewed. It's very important. It's not viewed as though I am then giving it to my friend we don't, uh, we don't conceptually view it like that. When it's Hefker, it's ownerless, and it's as if it belongs to the public. It belongs to the public. I've given it over to the public, and then my friend will take it from the public. However, that is only one opinion. Rabiosi Osir, Rabiosi says, no, to declare something as Hefker is not allowed. To declare it as Hefker, to declare it as ownerless, and therefore it's no longer mine, that is a, a loophole, and that's really not allowed. Amarava, my time is Rabiosi. Why does Rabiosi say it's not allowed? Which is a story of somebody who uh, his, uh, he took an oath and said that his father cannot get any benefit from him. Can't get any benefit from him. In the end, uh, his own son, meaning the grandson, is getting married. He wants his father, the grandfather, to attend the wedding. However, the father can't come to the wedding because he, can't, he took this oath that he can't get any benefit from him. He cannot come into his property um, and so what the son does is that he gifts his property to somebody else. 
Uh, but something takes place after that that uh, this other person was uh, who, who received the property was concerned that the father would still uh, violate the oath and would get benefit from his son. And so uh, it's, uh, the, he basically uh, uh, is makdish the property. He de- declares it as part of uh, kodesh, as part of holiness. And anyways, there's uh, something, something went wrong. So Rabiosi basically says, we can't do all these tricks. We can't do all these tricks because uh, there's concern that something will go wrong, that something will go wrong. We're trying to create these loopholes, but just like we had in that story that something went wrong, we are concerned that something will go wrong in these cases as well. However, the Tanakama, the first opinion says that these are all different ways that we could allow this person to eat or to have a house by either just explaining the situation or by giving to third party as a gift and then that third party then gives it to the recipient or even by Hefker, by putting it on the, on the stone, on the rock and declaring it as ownerless and therefore it's no longer his and then the recipient who cannot get benefit could pick it up because it's no longer belonging to the original person, but it's belonging to just the public. It belongs to the public and not to the original person. Okay, this concludes Ayin, Daf Ayin, page 70, and we'll continue in the next class with Daf Ayin Aleph, page 71.